Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Greetings to those who watch below. Before we start today's festive video, I'd like to say a very special thank you to Ghost City Shelton, Lefty Kim, Lisa Watts, Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, and Jess Black Curtain for being those who dwell below. An exclusive membership to the channel that you can join by checking out the link in the description box below. So, as I'm sure you're all very well aware, Christmas is just over a week away. So I thought to get into the spirit of the season, we would check out some truly terrifying stories over the next couple of videos. So, sit back, relax, and pray that Krampus doesn't come for you this year. Christmas Shopper by Daisy Field KY This happened about four years ago. At the time I was around eight months pregnant, so very noticeable, and was doing some Christmas shopping at the local mall. It was around nine at night. I finished up my shopping and headed out of the mall towards my truck. At this mall there's a small road that goes around the mall and parking is on the other side of this. Therefore, you have to cross the road to get to the parking area. As I'm leaving the store, I happen to notice a man standing in the middle of the road. He looked in my direction and made eye contact. I looked away and kept going. At this same time, there are two men that walk past him to go into the mall. He never looks at them or says anything to them, but kept his eyes on me. I noticed that he started to walk in my direction, but I just keep on strolling to my vehicle. Then I hear, excuse me, can you help me? Being Southern has its downfalls, and one of those is having it ingrained into you to be polite. I simply just asked, what do you need? He looked around and said, can you help me start my car? I think my battery's dead. I may be Southern, but I'm not that polite, nor am I stupid. Please remember that I am very much pregnant, and a woman walking alone in a parking lot. If he was really having car trouble, is it likely that he would ask a pregnant woman for help, rather than two men that had just walked past him? Doubtful. At this point, I know it's time to go, so I just say, sorry, I can't help, and keep on walking, a little faster this time. I still see him out the corner of my eye following me. I have my keys out, and I'm ready to go as soon as I make it to the truck. He's still coming. You really aren't going to help me. I just need a jump. Again, I say, no, sorry. Finally, I get to the truck, unlock it, and jump in. He is practically running toward me now. I lock the doors and try to get the key in the ignition, but I was shaking, and at that moment, the damn keys would just not fit. He gets to the truck and hits my window, saying, I just need your help for a minute. Now, I'm starting to get angry, and yell, no, get the hell away from me. He grabs the door handle 
and tries to open my door, and screams, Just open the door! Here is where I lost my call, and made a split-second decision. I have my concealed carry license, because there have been other reasons that I need protection that I will not go into here. However, I did have a 38 Special in my console that I do know how to use. When he tried to open the door, my only thought was to protect my child and myself. I rolled the window down, grabbed the 38, and pointed it right in his face, and said, I'm not going to tell you again. Get the fuck away from me. He stood there for a moment, in shock I'm sure. In that moment, time stopped. I didn't know what he would do, but I knew that I was prepared to use this gun if he made any move toward me. He didn't. He didn't say a word. He turned and ran. I know I should have gotten the hell out of Dodge then, but I couldn't. All I could do was sit there in shock. I was terrified of not only what he may have done to me had I not felt that something was wrong, but also that I had just had to threaten to kill someone. Not a situation I ever want to be in again. However, should it happen, I still have that 38, and it is loaded and ready to go. Christmas Taxi Driver by Sassy Bumblebear I'm from a rural town set in the East Midlands in the UK, and everything is quite spread out. My mum lived on a small street on the edge of town, tucked up into the corner, with very little lighting from streetlights at the time. The street was dead end and shaped like a T, with my mum living at the dead end at the top on the left. I'm also about 5'2 and weighed about 105 pounds at the time. The incident happened on Christmas Eve in 2011, so I was only 21. I was visiting home from my university up north for Christmas and had gone out with some friends from the area for a catch-up and to celebrate the season. It had gotten late and I needed to catch a taxi to get home. I didn't want to call my mum at 1am on Christmas morning to come and pick me up, and it was too far to walk. My friends had all headed home, as they lived much closer to the town centre. Unfortunately, I hadn't realised that the taxis were all charging double fares because it was Christmas, and had only saved £10, rather than the 20 it was going to cost me that night. I didn't have my bank card, and thought that I was going to have to wake my mum up after all. When one driver pointed out that it was Christmas, so he would do it for the £10. He leant over and opened the passenger door, and I climbed in. Now, in the UK, black hackney cabs don't really take passengers in the front seat. You're meant to sit in the back area normally. I was drunk and honestly just grateful for the ride, and didn't think anything of it. I gave him the street name, and we set off. He seemed very friendly, asking how my night had been, what my Christmas plans were, and just regular chatter. At some point, I mentioned that I was visiting from university, and he asked what I was studying, to which I replied, motorsport engineering. At this point, he became fascinated with me, and what it was I was studying. He kept making comments about how he would never have imagined a girl as young and beautiful as me would be interested in cars, how amazing that was, that he thought it was incredible, etc, etc. I thought it was odd, but I'd had some weird reactions when people found out what I did before. So I just smiled and nodded to keep things friendly, as we were nearly at my street. Then things got a bit weirder. 
We pulled up in my street, a few doors down from my house, and of course, it was super dark. I'm drunk, tired, and a bit creeped out by his obsession with me and what I study at this point. So I just try and give him the money and get out. But he won't take it. Just ignores my hand waving the money around and keeps talking. He had also leaned a lot closer at this point. I tried the door handle to let myself out, but the locks were engaged, and I couldn't find a way of unlocking it in the dark. He completely ignored my attempts to open the door, and just kept talking at me. I can't remember everything he said anymore, mostly he carried on the same way he had been, but with more references to watching me bend over. I was really freaked out at this point, and had tried to say that I needed to go several times, but he just kept ignoring me, and saying he loved how incredible I was. We'd been sat in the dark at the end of my street for about half an hour at this point, with his engine and lights off. There was no way anyone from the houses would have been able to tell there was anyone in the car if they had looked out of their windows. Then, I saw a light turn on in my next door neighbour's window, up the street from us, and blurted out, Oh, that must be my mum waiting up for me. I better head in before she calls and starts to worry. The look on his face was genuinely terrifying. He looked like a combination of angry, disappointed, and also contemplative, like he was trying to decide something. I waved my money at him again and pulled on the door handle, and he popped the locks and let me out. I ran all the way to my front door and let myself in, before locking everything behind me and peeking out the curtains. He didn't drive away for another few minutes, and I remember being aware that he saw me go into my house, and also must have known that I lied about the light being my mum, as that wasn't even my house. I never saw him again, and went back to uni four days later. I told my mum what happened, and she insisted on driving me around for the rest of my stay. To this day, I still get nervous taking taxis, and always message someone when I have to use one, so that they know where I am, and when, to expect me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Christmas in a Hunting Cabin by Navy177 So, this happened at Christmas a couple of years ago when I was spending the holidays with my parents and little brother, along with my cousins, aunts and uncles. We lived in a suburb in Ontario, but we were venturing out into the woods for Christmas, an idea that my parents had had for a while. They always loved the idea of being out in a hunting cabin during a Christmas with their families. I'm a 22-year-old female, but at the time, I was nearly 18, and my little brother Tom was 11. We're really close, and do everything together. We also had a dog, a German shepherd called Trigger, who came along for the ride too. He's a real softy, but can be really overprotective, especially of my brother Tom. Anyway, we left from our house on Christmas Eve at about 2pm, and climbed into our dad's truck, filled with all our stuff and presents for his extended family. Tom and I were really excited, 
winding each other up, and my parents were having friendly conversation as we moved along the road. We arrived at the village near the cabins we were staying in, and caught up with my dad's sister, Billy, along with her husband and three kids. They didn't converse for long, but Billy was a bit unsure of where to go from the village to get to the cabins, so my dad helped her out by writing down directions. We soon got back on our way, and arrived at the cabins at around 4pm. There were a cluster of them, sort of spaced out around the woods. Each family had a cabin of their own, and there was one where everyone could meet up with a pool table, a swimming pool, and all sorts. It was the kind of place we could all just chill together and enjoy each other's company. The weather was really cold when we arrived, and the snow was falling all around. So as me and my brother unpacked our things into the cabin and settled in for the night, my dad started a fire and my mum made our dinner. It was great. The Christmas decorations were already up and we played a few board games as the night got darker. Dad, Tom and I decided before coming on the trip that we'd go hunting sometime, so we planned to go the next day. I'd been a few times with my dad, but this was Tom's first time. He was only there to watch us though, as he was too young to shoot. It got to about 10pm, and my brother and I were getting a bit tired, so we decided to get to bed. My dad kept his rifles in a bag which he kept under the bed I was sleeping on. He'd usually keep it in a locked box, but thought there was no point, since we were going hunting the next morning. Tom and I were sharing a room at the end of the cabin, facing a flowing river. The view was beautiful. Tom and I fell asleep with our dog, Trigger, lying at the bottom of Tom's bed. Now this is where things begin to get creepy. It was around 3am when I awoke to Trigger growling. I didn't find this particularly unusual, because my dad suffers from insomnia. So sometimes when he can't sleep, he sits in our sitting room at home and watches some TV. Like I said, Trigger is extremely overprotective, and growls at any noise he hears. But that's when I noticed that there was no light coming from under my door. My dad just never sits in the dark. I whispered to Trigger, telling him to be quiet as Tom slept, but his growling soon turned to barking, which woke Tom up. He asked me what was going on, but I said Trigger must have heard some deer or something outside. After all, we were in the middle of the woods. Suddenly, our bedroom door swung open, and the light switch was turned on. My eyes stung as I tried to focus on whoever was at the door. It was my dad. Were you two laughing just now? He asked as I turned to look at Tom, his eyes wide and face pale. No, I replied, as he moved over towards our curtain, pulling it back as he looked out into the pitch-black wilderness. What are you looking at? Tom asked, as our dad closed the curtains again. Nothing. Just go back to sleep, kids. I was kind of creeped out that my dad didn't say anything about what he was doing, but he turned our light off, and we tried falling back asleep again. Of course, I couldn't. I was wide awake for the rest of the night, flinching at pretty much every noise. It was about 4.30am when I finally drifted off, but it must have been moments later that I heard strange crunching noises coming from outside our window. I was sure this wasn't some sort of animal. It sounded like footsteps. I had this overwhelming feeling of fear and pulled the covers over my face, sweat beginning to cover my forehead. I then heard a faint tapping on our window 
which lasted for a good few minutes. I was so petrified, I couldn't move. Trigger was awake by this point, as I saw his face turn toward the window, his ears pointed and listening intently. The tapping started again, but louder this time, causing Trigger to bare his teeth. What happened next was the most terrifying thing that has ever happened to me. I know you're in there, little guy, this deep and husky voice whispered as a horrible shiver went down my spine. Why don't you come out here and play with me? Initially, I was filled with rage. I thought it was bound to be one of my cousins playing a stupid prank on us, so I leaned forward and peeked through the gap in the curtain, ready to give them hell for scaring the shit out of us. But standing there wasn't any of our cousins. It was a creepy old man who was around 60, his hair matted and his clothes looking dirty and ancient. He was stroking the window with his hands, breathing on it as he spoke. I went into protective mode. I didn't know what else to do, so I grabbed my dad's hunting rifle from under my bed and pulled the curtain back. Get the hell out of here, or I'll shoot. I felt adrenaline rush through me as the creepy man's eyes widened and the most terrifying smile appeared across his face. Trigger began barking louder than I've ever heard him bark. My parents obviously heard the commotion and came running into our room, turning the light on. My mum screamed as she saw the old man through the window, Trigger fiercely continuing to bark at the man. My dad yelled at him, telling him that the police were on their way, but the man legged it back into the woods. Tom was petrified, but I was angry more than anything else. How could this sicko do this? I was just extremely glad I had the rifle. The cops caught the guy just a few minutes later and arrested him. I found out a few days later that the creepy man was homeless and living in the woods and he was suffering from a lot of mental issues. It scares me to death to think about what could have happened to my brother if I hadn't have been there. We spent the remainder of Christmas Day at the cabin, but we stayed in our Aunt Billy's cabin overnight. There was no way we were sleeping on our own after what happened. We went home, first thing on Boxing Day, and never looked back. My dad only told me the other day that he knew someone was hanging around our cabin, so he intentionally left the rifle under my bed in case I had to use it in self-defence. He did that because he didn't want to scare any of us. He called the cops after he had heard the guy laughing outside his bedroom window and singing nursery rhymes. He knew it would take a while for the cops to reach the cabin. Safe to say, that was the scariest experience of my life. Dear Christmas Ruiners By Menta Eye Giant This was roughly a decade and some change ago. I was in sixth grade, and was home alone because of Christmas break. I lived in one of the bigger towns of Alaska, and lived in a middle-class neighbourhood. Houses spaced pretty far, with very long driveways down each, but the next-door neighbours knew us well enough to know if something didn't look right. It was about 4pm, I believe, and my mum was off work early, but stopped to get groceries. Kind of a gift itself not to go shopping. I hadn't grown out of my back problems yet, and couldn't stand walking around for over an hour. Anyway, I'm in my room watching a movie with Jackie Chan in, 
when I hear a knocking on the door. I didn't answer, thinking whoever it was would just be asking for my mum and dad about solar panels or something like that. But then, I hear it getting slowly louder and louder, and around the third time it got louder, I started to get scared. I was always told to call the cops if people would act suspicious, but I guess I was just too terrified at the moment, being in pyjamas and enjoying my favourite movie at the time. So not knowing what to do, while two guys are literally banging on the door, I call my mum. I tell her what's going on, and she tells me it's probably just Mormons, and not to worry. I told her how it kept getting louder, and I thought they might break the door. She says to just calm down. That is until she starts to hear it herself. This only took place within about a minute, but every ten seconds or so, it'd grow even louder, and she started to freak out. She told me to stay right in my room with the door locked, and don't make a sound while she called the cops. So we hang up. I ring my dad, and wait for him to answer my call. While I'm doing this, I'm looking around my room for anything. I grabbed a t-ball bat, and sat on my bed freaking out. I didn't have a window facing the front of the house, just the side. Finally, my dad answers, and I tell him what's going on, and that mum was calling the cops right now. As they were divorced, he wasn't legally allowed to be on the property, but he's very protective. He lived very close to the police station at the time, and raced over to me. While I'm waiting, and waiting for the police or my mum, I decided to peek my head out. The way the house was set up, I could walk out of my bedroom door and see the backyard, and without walking more than two steps, was able to peek out the corner and see through the living room bay window. I saw that they'd reversed their car almost right up to our garage door, and I could partially see through the door two men pounding away. I stayed there, and saw the first guy send the other round back, and saw his face as he went to walk around the house. I hid before he could see me, and waited. I realised after what they were doing. The one around back tried to open our glass sliding doors on the balcony. Thankfully, not only was it locked, but also a piece of wood was in the rubber, so that if they overpowered the lock, it wouldn't open more than an inch. He started to try to break it as well, and then my mum called me back, crying and wanting to know if I was okay. She was pulled over at the store's gas station, and said that the police would be there as soon as possible, and that she was on her way now. After about a minute of them both trying through the front and back, they regrouped back near the front door, and I was really tired of them making me feel scared, so I walked out my room to the front door, yelling at them in a tank top and shorts holding a bat. They didn't hear me until I was right at the door, and it spooked them. They ran to the car to drive away, and only when they got in the car did I open the door to keep yelling at them. I forgot what I was yelling, but it drove them off. My mum got home a couple of minutes after, and held me until my dad came. I went out to his truck and showed him that I was okay, and told him how I scared them off. He hugged me, and gave me a kiss, leaving before him and my mum could fight over him being there. Thankfully, she didn't care at all, and she kept me talking about the man until the cops came over about an hour later. The cop didn't seem interested in talking to me, until I told him that I could easily tell him the face of the guy at the front door, and a little of the other guy as well. 
He said he suspected that they were a group that had been breaking in the past two weeks, stealing Christmas presents. They were found a couple of weeks later, and were linked to over ten other burglaries. Hi guys, I really hope you enjoyed today's video. If you did, make sure to like and share. As a Christmas treat to myself, please hit the subscribe button and also the notification bell. It would make 2020 such a fantastic year if you were all to do that. Also, if you have a story that you'd like me to share, please feel free to send it over to me. My email is down in the description box below. So, until next time, sleep tight. <laughs>